Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. So, I open the scripture where we're going to go. We're going to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 4, verse number 25. We're going to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 4, verse number 25. And you can be seated since we don't worship a little bit. So, uh, Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 25. And the word of our holy God reads, it says, Wherefore, put in away lions, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 25. Here in this particular chapter, the apostle Paul, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. And he's putting emphasis on the body. What it is to be a body. He's talking about we are members one of another. So he's letting them know you cannot do without your neighbor. Your neighbor needs you and you need your neighbor. No matter how you try to put things, you need people in your life. You know, these are all my isolators. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, you feel better about being by yourself. Ah, uh, lie. Yet the Bible says... You need your neighbor, and your neighbor needs you. Huh? All right, so don't, don't get upset with me. I'm, 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 we're going to be in the book, right? All right? So the hood, I don't necessarily want you to find your place. I want you to see yourself in this hood, but I want you, the goal is that you come out of this particular hood. And the hood that we're talking about today, when it says, wherefore, putting away lying, lying, is defined as falsehood. So, I don't necessarily want you to find your place in this hood, although some of us realize you are in this hood, you have taken up residence in this hood, I want you to actually vacate this hood. Now, this is the hood where I want you to get like the Jefferson and move on up to the east side. You got to come out of this hood. Right? So he's talking about, in this particular chapter, talking about the body, and then he begins to talk about the different gifts that God has given unto the body, where he talks about the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and all these different things where they've been giving to help the building of the body, bringing edification to the body, helping the body come together in unity. Amen? And then as we move down in this collection of scriptures where we are, he then starts talking about, okay, we put off the old nature because we received the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. In other words, we view Jesus as being the Messiah. He said, okay, now you must put away that old man. In other words, those, that old behavior, those old mindsets. Old actions and old responses, you got to put that away and now put on the new man, which is in Christ Jesus. Put on Christian mindset, put on Christian behavior, Christian reaction, Christian responses. Put on the new man in Christ, right? That's right up in 24. So when he comes down in 25, he says, wherefore, put it away lying. Every, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. When you put on the new nature, the essence of us knowing that you have put on the new nature is this right here. You're going to put away lying. In other words, you're going to come out of falsehood. Right? Now, let's, y'all bear with me. I got like three different papers and I got my little book. So some stuff is kind of just scattered. So y'all 
Bear with me, right? Falsehood. This is where you give me my picture, right? Falsehood. In the Hebrew, is defined as what? I'm going to give you the word picture, right? Falsehood is also defined as lying, right? And it means this is the Hebraic word picture definition that defines falsehood in the Hebrew, right? It is defined as it devours the back of a person so they don't know it until it is too late. So when you abide in falsehood, this is what is taking place. The enemy is devouring the back of a person. You don't know it until it's too late. You don't even know you've been devoured until it's actually too late. And when you think about, this is the image of it right here. So think about when you dwell in falsehood, this is what's actually taking place on a daily basis. When you consistently live and abide in falsehood, the enemies has been plotting all the while, getting ready to take you out. You think it's all good, but the enemy's getting ready to take you out. He says, they don't even know it until it's too late. Right? So when you think about this right here, so keep this in mind. The hood that we're coming out of is falsehood. This is the image that bears what, what falsehood looks like. So even when we think about this, go back to my scripture. Because what I want us to understand, and even as, you know what, no, go back to this definition. Bear with me, bear with me. You know, God is saying something to me, right? The enemy devours the back of a person so they don't know until it is too late, right? The back symbolizes, the back of an individual symbolizes their strength and their support, right? So the enemy is devouring the strength of an individual and then the support that comes from neighbor. They don't know it. Until it's too late. Think about it. When you think about certain relationships that seem to be okay, just falling apart, and you can't understand why, it's because the relationship has been abiding in falsehood. And because we have not been honest to deal with situations in absolute truth, it gives the enemy legal right to come in. And tear up things, right? Well, he begins to devour the strength of the people that are involved in the relationship. Not only that, the support. You know somebody, can you relate? You don't feel the support that you once had or once felt in certain relationships. Folk are acting funny. And notice, folk will act funny when you actually get saved. I'm get saved for real. Can we really be real? Folk really start acting funny when they find out that you go to church of Philadelphia. They'll say you in a cult. They'll say you being controlled. Right? All kind of stuff. But clearly, we're just preaching from Scripture. Right? Because there was a lack of integrity from different people who speak and preach from the so-called Bible nowadays. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna give you what I want to give you. I'm not gonna make this mean what I want it to mean. No, we're gonna. No, that's why we go line upon line, precept upon precept. What the Bible says, right? And people will have an issue with that because the Bible it literally challenges your character, your morale. It challenges your behavior, right? To now, when churches folks don't talk about sin, everything is an issue. Not no sin is sin. We can't change sin. Sin is sin. We're not gonna make sin be an issue. An issue is an issue. Sin is sin. Right. 
Go back to my scripture now. So this is what. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Until we man up, woman up, and be willing to tell the truth. And this is the thing. Regardless if you're telling the truth, there is a way to tell the truth. If you want it to be received, there is a way to tell the truth. If you don't find a way to tell the truth, then guess what? You can be telling the truth all day long. But guess what? Your truth is going to fall upon deaf ears. And like we said it before, a lot of times it's until people or individuals become angry and mad is when we actually get the truth. If we can learn how to communicate and speak truth, not having to be angry and upset while speaking truth, then guess what? We'll have better, healthy relationships. So he said, wherefore, put it on a while and speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So because of my love for you, because of my respect for you, I should be willing to speak truth to you, and vice versa, you should be willing to speak the truth to me. Now, one thing I understand about truth, some days truth is going to be harsh, I can say it in the most sweetest tone. But the nature of what I'm saying is going to be harsh. You know the other thing I found out about truth? Because the Bible tells me that Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is going to be bloody. Truth is going to be ugly. Truth is going to be painful. Truth will make you get offended. Truth will make you put up your guard. Truth will make you stop want to deal with folk. Huh. What a mercy. Let somebody tell you a real truth. Dare I say truth will make you get angry? Okay, we're going to say it like this. Truth will make you get mad as a dog. I'm talking about to the point some of us be biting our mouth like. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. There were some truths that you would hear that would make you get that mad, get that angry and that upset. Some truth will make you want to fight the folk you're talking about you love. Oh, my folk you shared a bed with, you'd be ready to fight them. And then dare I say there was some truth that you would hear will make you question whether or not these people that you shared a bed would love you. I can't believe you said that. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> Tell your neighbor we coming out of falsehood. And that's the truth. Right? So what I'm, what I'm trying to prepare you for, this, this might rub you. It might. All right, but let's make it make sense. We told you how this thing began to unfold as God gave it. He started with, okay, finding my voice, right? So take me to the book of Genesis chapter number two, right? Genesis chapter number two. The Bible says, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Put in the Hebrew is defined as placed. Set him there. And the Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden. There he put the man whom he had planted. Now, drop down to verse number 15. It says what? Similar, right? 
And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So we see God has placed this man in the garden of Eden. Hence, finding my place. Until you find your place, you're going to be frustrated. Until you find your place, you're going to be irritated. Until you find your place, you're going to want to give up. Until you find your place, you know what, you're going to be, you know what I'm saying, fighting all those that are supposed to be trying to help you until you actually find your place. You're going to feel like you're wasting time until you find your place. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm laying foundation for you, right? So you see in the book of Genesis, right? Place. So we're trying to get you to find your place. Right now, we're trying to get you to come out of falsehood. So take me, before we come, we'll come back to this, but I'm just laying my foundation. Now take me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. I'm going to read verse 10 and number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse number 10, right? Here, the Apostle Paul is talking about the voices, language. He's talking about the importance of language, speaking to one another, speaking in a heavenly language, speaking in tongues, like, you know, how some of us, we speak in a heavenly language that God gives us, and he begins to speak about prophesying, but I would wish that you want to prophesy, meaning you speak the holy oracles of God. In other words, speaking on behalf of God to his people. And as you travel down through the chapter, we come here, verse number 10, it says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Meaning what? We understand that there are voices all over the world, and not just the voices of humans, but the voices of animals, the voices of angels, because the Bible tells us in the previous chapter, if you can talk with the tongues of angels and the tongues of men, but if you have not charity, so there are all type of voices in this world, right? But what God is telling you, whether it be the voice of an angel, whether it be the voice of a human, whether it be the voice of an animal, it is saying what? None of them is without signification. Each voice carries its own importance, its self-worth, or its influence. Each voice. So this is the thing. When we now go back, because I want you to keep this in mind, 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse number 10, right? Go down to verse number 11. This is what? He says, therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. If I don't understand the importance, the definition of the voice, what the voice was giving for, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. Rude, harsh. But when you dive into the Greek of the text, when it's talking about barbarian, I shall be one unto him that speaketh a foreign language. When I speak, no one will be able to understand what I'm speaking. And if there is nothing more frustrating than that, when you speak, when folk just don't get it. I'm talking about you'll be so frustrated. You know what? I don't even want to talk no more. Do you know somebody and can you relate? They just don't 
get it. But they'll say, well, say it again. No, I don't want to say it again. You didn't get it the first time or the second time or the 18th time, so why would I say it again? Just shut up. Just don't even talk about it. Switch the subject. Right? That's real life, right? Now, I've had the privilege of seeing teachers like Prophet Benita and Pastor Kerry, different ones like that, and I understand. In order to be a great or a good teacher, right, what makes them great is that they, they, they never become impatient. That's why I know I ain't called to be no teacher. I'd be struggling with it as a father. You know what? <sighs> I'm just telling you the truth. But a great teacher, even though they didn't get it the first five times, the teacher is going to act like it's their first time teaching them when it's actually the sixth time. Their disposition hasn't changed. The aura or the energy hasn't changed. They're still polite and pleasant and still like, you can do it. I'd be like, you know what? You ain't got it. You slow. You slow. You ain't gonna never gonna get this one for us. We got to pray for you. Cause you ain't gonna get this. And then if you being real, I'm just being real. I walk away checking mine, telling Lord, is this something wrong with me? And then it made me feel like that spirit done jumped on me. Let me go see if I can still write my name. I'm just telling you the truth, right? But you know, they're great teachers when they can do the same thing without becoming frustrated and have the same enthusiasm and the same level of patience, even though they do not understand. That's a great teacher. He said, You, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. So there will be no understanding. Language become foreign one to another because we don't understand one another, all right? So now take me back to Genesis because I want you to see the importance of the voice. Now, we're talking about finding my place in the hood, right? Until you find your place, the significance that God has placed in your voice cannot be released. And see, because many of us for so long have been out of place. Oh, yes, let's get real. You've been in the wrong relationship. You've been at the wrong job. You've been in the wrong city. You feel what I'm saying? And guess what? Because you have been out of place for so long, guess what? The significance of your voice has not been able to be released. Because I want you to see something, right? When we look at this right here, let's just go to 16. Because you know he was supposed to dress it and keep it. 16 says, well, And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely. Go, roll. He says, What? But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest therefore, thereof thou shalt surely die. Roll. He says, What? Uh, and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Uh, we're going to come back to that, but go. 19, he says, What? He says, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever 
Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof, right? Now, if you think about the Garden of Eden, we understand the Garden of Eden to be what a blessed place, a flourishing place, right? Now, Eden, the name Eden in, in, in Hebrew talks about, uh, it, it talks about peace, right? Now, if, if it's peace, we understand this, right? Eden, it is an environment of truth. Because before, we're going to see this when we go into chapter number three of the book of Genesis. Before the certain was actually revealed that he was there, the only voices that were being heard inside the garden was the voice of God and the voice of Adam. We're talking about the significance of the voice. When you find your place, then the significance that is in your voice can be released in the place, thereby causing what? Your place to become blessed. A blessed place. Right? So, this is the thing. Adam said, okay, I mean, God said, listen, Adam, I'm going to bring every creature before you, and you call it what you call it, and that's what it's going to be. So, now that, remember, we showed you in, in, in verse number 8 and verse number 15, God put Adam in the Garden of Eden. Put in the Hebrews defined, he placed him there. So, God gave man his place. What am I saying? God has given each one of you your place, and until you recognize coming to the knowledge of your place, because this, this is the thing, you can actually be in your place and unaware that you're actually in your place, treating your place like it is a strange place, treating your place like it belongs to someone else. But until you understand, recognize, coming to the knowledge that you are in the place God has designed and created for you, then the significance of your voice cannot be released and the place cannot become blessed. Every animal God allowed to come before God, uh, 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 every animal God allowed to become before Adam, and he said, call it whatever you want to call it. Whatever Adam named it, that's what it was. So, so I'm trying to paint you a mental image in your mind. We know this is a blessed place. Four rivers that are flowing out of this place. Every tree, fruit tree, vegetable, whatever it is, it is there. And on top of all these trees, every herb, it is there. Every animal, it is there. And surrounded in the oceans, every oceanic animal is there. Everything, it is there, Right? The air quality, it's not like New York or Jersey. It is good air, like this country air. It's clean. You understand? Oh, yeah. Right? It's good, clean air. I'm pretty sure when Adam was laying on his back with his legs crossed talking to God at night, he could see all the stars. Not like in New York, you can't see a star. It's, it's clean. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a blessed place. It's, you can just, just imagine the greenery and the bright, vivid colors of the flowers that are there. It is there. It is the blessed place. Why? Because the significance of God's voice, along with the significance of Adam's voice, is being released in this place. Thereby, this place is flourishing. This place is a blessed place because of these voices that are being released. To the point, go back to 18, to the point, because verse 15 told us what? God put him, placed him, established him, that set him there to dress it and keep it, right? To the point, this place is such a blessed place that God says, you know what? It's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to make you and help meet. Right? Now, when you, when you, when you study this word out in the Hebrew, eh, two ways you can look at it. 
one, when you look at help me, there's okay, someone who's going to support him, someone who's going to be by his side and aid him and help him. But on the other side, this same word, when you study it out in the Hebrew, it begins to talk about one who will raise up against him. One who will try to establish dominance over him. Mm, do you know somebody? And can you relate? Because although you're in the church and although you love Jesus real good, the truth be told, there are some strong-willed, strong-minded women. And when you feel like the man is not doing it, I'll do it myself. Oh, y'all not going to help me. You see we struggling in our beer. I go get a second job. Right? So y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right? Strong will. And there's nothing wrong with you being strong will. But sometimes, lady, you let your will or your emotions get the best of you and you step out of what? Place. When you come out of place, your blessed place, you begin to frustrate the grace in your blessed place. And I know you feel like he's never been in place. Are y'all not going to talk to me right there? Why? Why? I got to be in place and he's never been in place. The devil is a liar. I feel your pain. I had my own money before I met you. My nails were done before I met you. I kept my hair done before I met you. It looked like since I got you, my nails don't stay done. My toes don't stay done. My eyebrows are bushy. I ain't got, I need a new wardrobe. The devil is a liar. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is the truth be told, a woman would look around when you understand, it is your job, woman, to look around and make sure everything is in its place, in order. All right? And when you start looking around and seeing the, the garden is lacking stuff, you need another tree right there. <laughs> you know, because you're going to look around and you're going to, you just, you, women, I'm going to tell y'all something. As a man, we feel like y'all just find reasons to spend money. We don't even need new plans. We need new curtains. We need a new shower curtain. Ain't nobody in the bathroom, man. What the world? The world, man. We need new, new carpet around the toilet. We need, to, we need to put the little thing on the toilet seat. No, we don't. See, y'all don't understand. As men, as men, simplicity. Is simple for us, man. And we're not trying to take away from you. This, see, men, we must understand them, but in like men and women, you must understand us. There has to be a balance. Because there's nothing like a man living in a feminine house. Oh, you're not going to go ahead and tell the truth, but I'm going to help you. There's nothing like a man living in a feminine house when everything in the house speaks one man. You ain't, baby, if you're not careful, both of y'all going to be going to bed time, y'all wrapping y'all head up. Hey, how you doing? 
The devil is a lie. No, you better have something in that house that speaks to him as a man. Put some wood in there some kind of way. Brick. Put a, put a, put a, put a, put a, put a masculine color in there. I'm trying to tell you now. If you got to go buy one, one fake trophy, put it in there. That don't go in my decor. Okay. <laughs> you could be so focused on your decor and waking up looking like somebody that looked like you. Yeah. Now he tying his hair up. Can I borrow your hair rag? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you keep on playing. Can I borrow your hair? What? Because listen. Notice, look at the subtle changes. It went from wearing a stocking to now a do-rag. And so he's trying to act like he real masculine. He don't want the do-rag to hang on his neck to be like hair. So now he going to tie it, wrap it, you know, tie it all up. That, that's, that's him trying to make it be a, ain't nothing masculine about you wearing no do-rag at all, homie. Let's just go ahead and tell the truth. Why are you so worried about your hair like that? Oh, somebody might be offended, but this is the truth. What are you wrapping your head up to go to bed for? What, as a man, what are you wrapping your head up to go to bed for? Because if you understand everything starts with the mind anyhow, I don't care because you go to bed with a wife beater on. I don't care because you go to bed with no shirt on. It starts with the mind. The fact that you wrapping your head, though. You don't appear a big game. You can come to the door with your wife beater on, with your head wrapped. I'm going to be like, get this sucker some slippers. Notice what I said, slippers. I didn't say house shoes, I didn't say the bedroom, slippers. <laughs> Give him what the woman has. He said, it's not good the man should be alone. Woman, you must understand your place. Man, you must understand your place. Woman and man, man and woman, if you're out of place, get in place. Get into place. If the place that God has given you is going to be blessed, it is only going to be blessed when you are released, released to release the significance in your voice for the place to become blessed. Notice, man speaks first. I got something to say. <laughs> oh, I, I got something to say. We know you got something to say. This is not your turn. I do not plan to go this way. Evidently, God knows what's in the room. God knows what he wants to deal with. You ain't going to tell me to be quiet. Huh? I'm grown. You ain't going to tell me to be quiet. See? The grown card. You need your grown card pulled. 
Because it was never in question whether or not you're grown. We know you're grown. But your behavior does not speak to you being grown. You acting like a grown child. I know you ain't going to be real. I've been there. I've been a grown baby boy. Grown baby boy acting a slam fool. I didn't get my way. Oh, I'm going to cut a slam fool. Just be mad for seven days. Oh, you say months. I'm trying, I'm trying to cut that down, huh, boy? Just be mad. Y'all know what I'm telling. You know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm not lying. When you don't get your way, I don't care how saved you are, you be pissy mad. You be mad. When you're angry and upset like that, guess what you're doing? You're coming out of place. So the blessed place, the grace that God has released in the blessed place is being frustrated. Whenever we come out of place, how real is this? Go back to 19, right? So whatever God brought before him, Adam gave it a name. 19, uh, 20, it says what? And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But Adam, but for Adam there was not found and help me for him, right? Go to verse 21, it says what? And the Lord God caused the sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Right? Go to 23, he says what? And Adam said, man is speaking first. Man is in his place. The significance of God's voice and the significance of Adam's voice has been released into this place. It is a blessed place. It's thriving. It's flourishing. Right? He's speaking. This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Who's identifying her? Is it God or Adam? The scripture even lets us know that Adam said she shall be called Eve. Not only is Adam identifying her, Adam is the one who named her. Woman, what does your man call you? Or does your name change his day by day? Or does your name change in the moment when y'all are on good turn, he don't mind calling you a freak at night? Because the truth be told, let a man tell you the truth. He wants you classy in the daylight hours, but when it comes to night, he don't mind having a freak. I don't care how safe he is. Because he, he doesn't want a boring bedroom. Are y'all playing these games? Right? He doesn't want to have a boring bedroom. You can have your praise, have your hallelujah and all that stuff. I don't even mind if you bring all that into the bedroom. Matter of fact, it's going to make it that much better. Bring, bring your hallelujah. <laughs> you understand? But it's an Adam said, this is not one of my own flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out 
of man. Her initial place was in him. Now God is allowing her to have a new place. Come to the blessed place. Give me 24, it says what? Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. We told you this environment in the Garden of Eden was an environment of truth. Proof right here. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They lived in truth. Anytime you remove truth, right? Because remember we told you the name Eden in the Hebrew defined as peace. Anytime truth is removed, there is going to be confusion. There is going to be chaos, right? We see that there is divine order. There is peace in the blessed place. Because everyone is in their place. Everyone knows their place. And they're actually walking in their place. And while being in their place, they're able to release the significance that is in their voice. I tell somebody, all it takes is one verse of life. One verse of life for things to change. What am I saying? Go to chapter number three. Because remember, when you look at Scripture, before it Scripture was, you know, transcribed and, and rewritten, all these different things. The Scriptures were written without chapters and verses. All it takes is one verse of life for the blessed place to become a chaotic place. Genesis chapter 3. We just went down one verse. One verse of life. One moment in life. One minute in life. One day in life. And everything that was so lovely could now become so chaotic. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, have God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now there is another voice that has been introduced into the blessed place. So you see what happens when you allow the entrance of another voice to come into the blessed place that God has given you? It now throws off the divine order, or it now throws off the blessed place. Right? Do you know somebody, can you relate? How many times has the enemy infiltrated your blessed place? And caused you to come out of position. Now, think about it. We understand. We all know the story. The, the, the serpent, the enemy talks to Eve. Eve eats whatever fruit she eats. Adam is right there. She did gives to him. He partakes of it too. And then what takes place? God says, put them out of this garden before they find it, where they may eat of the tree of life and live and become like gods, become like us. Put them out of the garden. What am I saying? You run the jeopardy of losing your blessed place if you allow other voices to enter in and they go unchecked. How many times have you lent your ear, have given your ear to other voices because what they said, it sounded pleasing to you? They were saying everything you wanted to do. They were supporting you. 
Because make no mistake about it, the devil was supporting it. Oh. We just told you falsehood is talking about what? Devouring the back. The back denotes strength or support. He was supporting her. No. God is not going to kill you. You'll eat it and be fine. You want that howling right there? I can get it. You know how he coiled up the tree. You want this one right here? I'm trying to paint a picture for y'all, right? Oh, you're going to be all right. I'm telling you. I know. I ate. And look at me, I'm fine. Y'all know the enemy would say all kind of things to you. But typically the enemy is going to say what you want to hear. The enemy is going to agree with you to make you what you think he's in agreement with to make it appear to be the truth. Even when we talked about fear, remember we gave you the acronym for fear. Fear, false evidence appearing real. So what, what sounds like the truth that's coming from the enemy, it is false evidence that just appears to be real. Sounds good. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I'm 41 years of living, and I'm knowing the devil's voice real good, right? I never have to tell me anything that I didn't sound good. The devil has never said anything to me that has not sounded good. Yeah, some things are going to disgust me, but even in my disgust, let's be real, why am I disgusted? Because of who's saying it. But let's make no mistake about it. It's not that what he said. You know, see, this is where y'all be playing these games. Like the devil has said, just, oh, that was so disgusting, devil, now. And the devil said exactly what you wanted to hear. He spoke to exactly what you desired. He spoke to exactly what you wanted. He spoke exactly to not just what you like, but what you love. It's always the challenge of your faithfulness to God. And he understands. That's why I say, okay, Three pitfalls. You see, it's going to be lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Why do you think the first two is dealing with lust? Because you already know there's some things that you desire. Let me just speak to your desires. And last time I checked, my desires, they, didn't, they, they were not bad to me. Even if they were actually bad. <laughs> Even if my desires were actually bad, they were not bad to me. It took a holy God said, uh-uh. Uh-uh. All right? So I'm laying this foundation because I'm paying attention to my time. I'm laying this foundation because we're talking about finding your place in the hood. And the thing is, you and I must be aware the enemy wants us to abide in falsehood. And so because Adam and Eve allow another voice to come in and release the significance of their voice in their best, blessed place, it calls them to lose their blessed place. And the thing, their blessed place consisted of truth. It was an environment of truth. Now that they've been put outside of the garden, I don't know if I could trust anything Eve say. I don't know if I could trust anything Adam say. 
Now we got children on the scene. I don't know if I could trust anything Abel, Cain say, Seth say. Cain act just like his daddy. Right? I don't know if I could trust anything you say. So because they were removed from the blessed place, what then followed suit was murder when they had their children. They became ashamed that they were naked. You understand? Division came. All these different things. One child was marked for the rest of his life. Our relationship that we once had with God has now been torn apart. All behind a piece of fruit. I got out of place for a piece of fruit. Folk got out of place for a peach. Somebody got out of place for an eggplant. I'm, I'm going into the emoji cons. Somebody got out of place for three water squirts. Y'all know in line, a piece of fruit. A peach, y'all. I'm just saying, if you go ahead and be real, you don't saw some nice peaches walk by. Yeah, y'all want me to line play a game. Just, ah, no, you have saw some nice peaches come by. Look at my, look at my children by there laughing. Because the children know exactly what I'm saying. Some of y'all done saw some nice eggplants to your liking. You done compare some eggplants to the eggplants you got. Oh, we don't supposed to talk like this in church. Oh, no, don't think the place is blessed because the eggplant is hanging a certain way. <laughs> don't you think it's a blessed place? This ain't supposed to talk like this in the church. No, how are we going to be free? How are we going to have a better relationship? About the size of the pencil is how you write with the pencil. <laughs> so we're going to pray that some folk learn how to write in cursive. <laughs> stop, this, stop this print. That print ain't good for you. <laughs> no, I'm trying to help somebody. No, this is a real thing. Some folk are deceived by what they see and think this is a more blessed. In other words, the grass is green on the other side. No, baby, that grass is going to die in a couple of months. It's going to die. But all this watering, all this tending to the grass that you've done over here, you are going to leave this grass that has firm roots. Meaning, I got history here. I got time here. I have investment here. But no, because this sod that they just laid down that hasn't caught any roots yet, but it's real green. 
That's because they've been watering it. That's all that is. It has yet to take root. So you know, you see how easy it is to get caught up in what you see? That you want to cross sides? Think about, no, that's, that's plush. Ain't no weeds in that. When you look over here, you got weeds. We argue all the time. We can't save no money. We I don't like how he treating the kids. We but over here, you don't see any weeds and you thinking it's all good. But the last time I check, a weed can be pulled up. And if you don't want to get your hands dirty, then spray some weed spray on it. There are ways to deal with a weed. I'm just saying, I'm trying to stay in my blessed place so that I can release the significance of my voice, so that the significance of my wife's voice can be released in our place. Blessed place can thrive. It can flourish. It can, it can, it can be full. Because guess what? Even my kids are going to have to release the significance in their voice in this blessed place. So, we're laying a foundation. I ain't even get into all of my stuff, but it's all right. We're trying to make sure you come out of the hood, the falsehood, right? And so as we, you've heard me say, our next message on next week, we're going to talk about the brotherhood as we deal with boys in the hood. We're going to deal with these hoods, y'all. We're going to talk about the sisterhood, motherhood, childhood. Adulthood, singlehood, I'm giving everything a hood. Marriagehood, I'm giving everything a hood. Huh? Livelihood, churchhood. <laughs> no, because the reality, you got to find your place in these particular hoods. The only place I don't want you to find a place in is in falsehood. Amen? All right, come on, put your hands together for the word in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message.